Hey, Enneagram friend, this is Abby Rodriguez, your certified and IEA accredited Enneagram teacher and coach. In this space, I'll give you a sneak peek into real live coaching sessions and teach you how to apply the wisdom of the Enneagram into your life for personal growth. The invitation each episode is to take on a posture of curiosity, curiosity about yourself and others so that you can shift from merely surviving to fully thriving in your everyday life. Visit my website at abbyrodriguez.com and listen into this episode to learn more. In this episode, I share the coaching space with an Enneagram 4 that's an English teacher from Texas. Her intention for coaching was to shed light on the strengths of her type and also how to be more practical rather than idealistic in her work as a teacher. In our time together, we talk about the gifts of being emotionally attuned and how she sees that show up in her work. We also talk about the defense mechanism of type fours, which is called interjection, and how that plays out in the feedback that she receives from her coworkers. Listen in with curiosity and compassion and see what resonates in your experience. Well, thank you for being in the coaching space with me. I love getting to have these conversations and, and just to, to get to talk through how the Enneagram is showing up and, and your type structure. So I would love to hear what feels most helpful for us to explore or focus our time on today. Okay, so as a type four and I'm a wing five, um, every time I look up type four, it's like, um, this was so moody and dramatic and literally like my friends and I were all reading each other's and we got to mine and they were like it sounds like you broke somebody's heart and they wrote this about you like it sounds so mean <laughs> <laughs> so I want to know like one what are actually some like benefits and strengths that I have besides just being like a type four <laughs> and then also um I am a teacher and about to start my second year teaching and so I want to know like what are some ways that I can be more practical in my teaching with such a idyllic um character type I guess (laughs) yeah yeah for sure when you um think about the teaching realm with regards to being more practical have have you rubbed up against that like have you gotten feedback that you're being too idyllic about things or do you feel frustrated because the ideal is not being met where does that piece come from um I think especially being a new teacher you get told like oh that's such a new teacher thing to worry about or like "Mm, just wait till you like get um more experience or more seasoned and you won't worry about that kind of stuff but like I'm an English teacher especially and so I'm all like wow books and like ideas can help the world and then the practical side of that with the data and the testing it doesn't always mesh in the way that I want to if that makes sense yeah yeah for sure so that critique though do you feel that internally like this is something that you do need to be more practical about or is it more so trying to balance these outside voices about it I think it's more trying to balance um the outside voices Mm -hmm. I think yeah and and with that is it is it just colleagues or is it like whoever i don't know what the supervision structure is for teachers but is is it something of like no you do need to figure this out like people you know this needs to improve or whatever it might be um it's more like colleagues like i remember one time i took a couple days to like really walk my students through something that i could tell that they were struggling with and um it really helped them out in the long run but i remember telling like one of my mentor teachers this and she was like, oh, that's such a new teacher thing to worry about. Like, and I was like, oh, okay. All right. 
So um, it just was a little bit like undercutting, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, so um, let's talk about the the strengths piece, and then I think that will tie well over into the teacher piece. So, um, and, and we'll kind of just we'll, we can go back and forth a little bit. So. Okay. Cool. With regards to the type four structure, um, just like every other type, there are things that are gifts that you bring in the world. And then there are some things where um, really what I would say, it's almost like the gifts of your type uh, become excessive and they are out of balance. And so then they don't show up as a gift anymore, right? Um, So one of the biggest gifts for type fours is that you have this strong emotional attunement. You know, at its best, um, that gives you an awareness around what you are feeling, what you think about what you are feeling. Um, I think there are a lot of types that could really benefit from some of that four energy because they just don't know what they are feeling and they keep making the same mistakes over and over again or avoiding their feelings over and over again. Um, and they just catch up to you, right? Even if you don't take time to acknowledge them, you're still feeling stuff. And so, um, that really is a gift for the forest to be able to name and articulate, um, their feelings. Cause that's part of our human experience, right? We're not just robots. We have feelings. It's part of it. Um, but that emotional attunement also, uh, stretches outside of themselves, right? It's not just about their own emotions. Uh, it's also this increased awareness around what others are, are feeling and what might be happening for them if they seem disconnected from the group or disconnected from the content that you're teaching, right? There, there's some sense of, as they are um, human beings with feelings, fours are, are emotionally intuitive. They can kind of pick up on some of that. Um, and so that can be a real gift in connecting with others, uh, with empathizing, with allowing others to be really seen and known. Um, you know, I think so many times we have these uh, spaces or conversations that are really transactional. It's almost like I talk at you, you talk at me. Um, and fours can really offer this gift where they see others, right? It's it's listening, it's asking questions that are, are meaningful and not just casual. Not that casual questions are bad, right? But it's, it's meaningful. Um, it allows someone to express themselves or, or maybe articulate a thought for the first time that that no one else has really asked about yet. Um, and so that's a real gift in connecting, um, especially being in a job that's so relational, both with uh, the students that you teach, but also your coworkers, right? The other teachers that, whether you're collaborating or just are around the lunch table together, um, that ability to kind of sink in and, uh, and know others and, and listen and, and really see others, um, in a lot of ways that can also uh, build up for you, you know, kind of this like social capital of like goodwill, you know, of like, yeah, like she's not just trying to run over people to get ahead. She's not manipulative. She's not, um, you know, whatever, you know, these things that might happen for other people. Um, when you do drop the ball, when something doesn't go well, um, if fours have really engaged in this emotional connection, sometimes it just goes a long way of like just having the goodwill of others of like, yeah, like, you know, this isn't exactly what you're supposed to do, but like, I also know that you're trying your best or I know that this was how you're showing up, um, you know, authentically or whatever it is. And so that can be a real gift in just relating to others. Um, another gift for type fours is, is that they have this really keen ability, um, to, to imagine what could be, 
Um, sometimes, you know, when that gets into excess, that can be really hard on the floor because it, it creates kind of that longing that we talk about with the type four structure of like, I see what could be. I know that this could be amazing or wonderful or even just like rich and textured, right? Like these things, whether that's in the classroom or even in your personal life. Um, and so sometimes it can create in, in you this longing, but, but when it's not in excess and it's just, it's a balanced gift that you have, um, that can really call out the goodness in people, right? It can call people, uh, to step into this space and imagine a, a world that is better or an educational system that's better, or, uh, to be a part of, you know, this community that's sharing their thoughts about literature or whatever it is, right? Just giving some ideas. Yeah. Um, and so at its best, uh, you can really call people into imagining more for themselves or or something better or greater so those are just a couple of pieces how does that sound in your experience does that resonate as I share that with you yes it absolutely does like um a lot of that emotional attunement that you're talking about I actually do see play out especially with my students because they like having um an adult who is emotionally attuned to them and then that ability to imagine like what can be and what can be better that was really hard to like have in the back of my head, especially like all this past year with like the craziness of the pandemic. Yeah, I was like, I know that this can be this way, but right now due to the circumstances, it's this way. And so having those two like in my head at once, honestly, like I as a teacher deserve this. And so knowing that like we were dealing with something completely different, that was really hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Well, in, in a lot of that, um, I don't know if you're familiar with the um, like harmonic groups. So, you know, fours fall into that, uh, the like idealists, but what comes often, comes up often for them is frustration, you know, because the world in general is not very ideal, right? There's <laughs> yeah. just a lot of things that are, are not as they could be or should be. There's a lot of things that are broken. There's a lot of missed opportunities. Um, and so that can create some of this like angst in the four. Um, and, and how that shows up will be really different depending on, you know, their subtype. Sometimes that's really overt. Um, sometimes it's, it's like the silent suffering that they experience internally, you know, like this lament that it, it wasn't as good as it could have been, or, or it, it's not supposed to be this way, you know? Um, but, but exactly right of, of just this, I, this ideal, um, can be so good because it gives you something to run towards. Um, but it can also cause frustration because there's just spaces where um, there's a pandemic and, and it's not going to be the way that it should. Uh, you just, you know, you have to adjust. So part of that, as you uh, play that kind of into your teaching world, you know, oftentimes the spaces where um, I hear fours saying that they're kind of getting critiqued on not um, so you use the language of practical. Sometimes people will say like not doing enough, right? So, um, w- you know, we, we can talk about fours being in the withdrawn stance. And so uh, the doing dominance is not as, as easily there for them. It doesn't mean they don't do anything, right? They all are holding jobs and functioning human beings. It's not, not that you're just sitting on the couch being creative. Um, but, but sometimes what takes a higher precedent is uh, feelings and your thoughts about what you are feeling, whether that's your own or picking up others. And sometimes force can kind of get stuck in this like heart head loop of like, I feel something and then I think about it and then I feel it and then I think about it. And it's bringing it back down into what we would say is your body, but like you're doing of like, okay, so, so what are we going to do about this now? Um, sometimes in the spaces where, you know, you're getting this feedback of um, that's a new teacher thing, or maybe you don't spend so much time on that or whatever, 
in those moments, um, just being curious about it, right? Not um, overtly rejecting that, but also not completely absorbing it. Um, sometimes what happens for fours with their, um, I don't know if you're familiar with the defense mechanism of interjection. Um, have you looked into that much? Okay. No, I haven't. Yeah. So it's almost like when something happens, you absorb the critique or the negative, even if it has nothing to do with you, because it, it's almost like your type is trying to like absorb it and take control of it so that no one can use that against you. And so in these spaces, when that teacher may not really be trying to critique you, she is just, you know, passing on the teacher to teacher hazing of like, we always haze the new teachers and make yeah. these comments about <laughs> them being new. Yeah. Um, but for the type four structure, um, there's just because you lead with feelings first, there's more of a sensitivity to those things. It's not bad. It just is. And so in that, sometimes without the other person even realizing it, we've kind of like taken hold and absorbed this critique of I'm not practical or I'm not using my time well or, or whatever these, you know, these limiting beliefs are that we have. Um, and that wasn't really their intention. Even if it was their intention, that may not necessarily be true of us, right? Um, but fours just have more of a sensitivity to like criticism or or even just negativity. Sometimes it's not even things that have to do with you. You know, fours as kids, when they're hearing their siblings being criticized, they like absorb that or, you know, their, their parents not interacting well. Um, you know, they kind of absorb these things as if it has something to do with them. Um, and it doesn't always, right? They just happen to be in the room. Um, so as I talk through that piece, that interjection, but also just taking hold of the criticism um, strongly, how, how does that land with you and your experience? That, it sounds very familiar. <laughs> it definitely does. I didn't have a word to like kind of uh, make more tangible that idea, I guess. But um, that idea of like, oh, I've got this one minor criticism. I better protect that in me so I don't get a bigger one, I guess. Um, that sounds very <laughs> familiar. And so even like minor things that people have said have felt very big just because of the situation it was in or it was in front of people. That sounds super familiar, <laughs> especially like in middle school and high school, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, and the thing is like it, you know, as you go through that though, sometimes when people have this language of interjection, which is odd language, like you can't just use that in common conversation. Um, but sometimes the temptation then is to like pendulum swing the other direction of, oh, this is just my type being sensitive. So then this shouldn't hurt my feelings. Well, if your feelings were hurt, they're hurt, right? You still need to give yourself some space to process that, to allow yourself to experience it, but also space to let it go then after that. You know, for some types, they have such a hard time naming it. They have such a hard time letting themselves feel it and process it. Um, and so they just go, they jump straight to letting it go. But what happens for fours is that they're really good at the first parts. They're good at naming it. They're good at feeling it and experiencing it, but it's harder to let it go. Um, you know, the experience of, of emotions is that it is designed to to come to be and then to be released, right? I think mean, sometimes they never let it come, so it just gets stuck. But for fours, it's almost like you hold on to it because it becomes a part of you, that feeling. Um, it becomes part of, of your, um, 
your identity or, or maybe your uh, purpose or whatever it is. Um, and so the invitation is, is to, once you feel it, you experience it, you process it, to also let it go so that it doesn't become this lingering um, you know, monologue in the back of your mind of, oh, I'm being impractical or I'm wasting too much time, I'm taking too much time. Um, because some of the gifts that you have of being creative or even uh, thinking through a human experience and how people might learn this best, you, you'll rob yourself of those because you're just trying to be practical. Um, and, and that's, you know, that is a fine critique and probably in some spaces, right? We be, we're curious about it. We're considering if that's true of what's showing up. Uh, we take that into account. Uh, but then also allowing ourselves to, to still lead with our gifts of, of being creative and, and attuning to what our students are going to learn with best. So how does that sound as I kind of share that back with you? That's, um, oh my goodness, it's like you're like reading my brain. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, especially like when you're talking about um, like every critique just becoming a part of me, it does like almost feel like um like everything I experience is just like Lego pieces and they're just getting like added on to me um and so I really like that you said it's okay to like feel it but not let it stick on to you and that more of that fluidity instead of being like rigid and uh concrete with it um emotions are fluid they're cyclical and they come and go and so just like that just like the emotions are fluid so too can be my own emotions and my perception of things like I like that idea a lot <laughs> yeah for yeah sure. for sure for sure so um when you think about this this other piece that you've said of you know um how do I be more practical and maybe that is something that you want to be an intention right maybe you you think about it more and it feels like oh no this was a lego you know that I allowed to be attached and this isn't actually something I want to hold on to um but if it is if you look at some things and think oh man I'm I was actually behind schedule all the time like I I really do need to to do this more efficiently or to have better ways of you know putting like inputting information whatever it is all the practical pieces um if that is something one of the things that often well maybe I'll say two things two things that often can trip type fours up that I just want you to think about right it may not be true in your experience so just to be curious about it but the first one um, is that sometimes fours can spend a lot of time explaining so sometimes themselves, sometimes whatever it is that they're trying to teach, you know, so in your context, it's probably a lot of times teaching. It's not, you know, you telling everyone about yourself. It's, it's you teaching something that is your role and what is in your mind that you're trying to convey. Um, but sometimes that uh, for type fours, you will spend more time necessary explaining yourself or what you're teaching than is needed. And it comes out of this deep desire for people to know, like for them to to understand, to if it's a personal conversation, for them to know you, to be connected and on the same page moving forward with you. In a teaching realm, it's like to make sure that they understand and that they're moving forward in this teaching realm. Um, but the problem is uh, sometimes people have like they have figured it out before you get to it right they um they didn't need 45 minutes of explaining they they got it in the first 15 um it's 
it's sometimes for fours and you have to check in with yourself because no one else is going to know. Um, but it's almost you're trying to fulfill this desire for them to understand, like for them to understand you or if you're painting a picture of something like grand and wonderful for them to believe you. Um, I heard a four say once that he will fall into this belief of like, if I just keep talking, they will finally be convinced. Um, and it's and it's like this sense of like, you just want people to understand and to know, right? And it's like this connection that you're hoping for. Um, and so to be curious about that, because sometimes that might be coming up in your teaching. Um, and it's okay for you to move on to the next subject, even though 100% aren't all there, right? Because that happens all the time where students, they don't, you know, they can't learn at the same speeds or they get one section of it really quickly and the next section they didn't get as quick, you know, that's okay. Um, and so just thinking through some of those pieces of, is it is it that I'm trying to fulfill this desire for them to just know or to understand or, or to see me, to understand me as a good teacher even? Um, you know, I want them to know I'm good at this, right? I And I need, I need us to all know how to do this for me to have this fulfillment of I'm good at this. Um, but especially for that five wing, right? Like this need to know is gonna be part of that too. And so, um, and so just being curious about that and paying attention to, um, am I going this extra mile because I, I don't want to be misunderstood as, as bad at teaching this or misunderstood as not um, being able to communicate this well? Or is this, no, like this is a really helpful way to teach and, and this includes people and, and we're all coming together, right? It's a thing to be curious about. So how does that sound as I offer that, um, that awareness to you? Um, that sounds exactly like the, um, quote unquote, like good teaching tools that like you get taught in college, like, um, tech for understanding, let them show you their work. Like, don't just lecture for too long. Um, it sounds, um, it, it sounds like a more fun way of teaching than just me talking at people. And I do definitely get like, so into it. Um, I've actually apologize to my students before because they'll ask me a simple question and I'll give them an extremely convoluted answer and then they'll just look at me <laughs> and I'll be like I'm sorry you just asked if you could use the restroom that's fine <laughs> you're good, good. <laughs> you're good. oh I love that yeah for sure yeah and so again it's just it's something to be curious about it's not gonna be a hard and fast rule it's just as you find yourself getting behind your schedule or taking something longer time longer than someone else, or even, you know, your mentoring teacher saying to you, that feels like a new teacher thing, um, rather than absorbing that critique and letting it be another Lego on you, being curious about it of like, oh, did I take more time than what was needed? Maybe, maybe not. And even if you did, that doesn't mean that that criticism is part of you now. It just came, that might've hurt your feelings. You allow yourself to experience that and, and then you let it go, right? In the same, in the way that it's desired to, um, you don't add it to the, to the Lego structure. Um, um, the other thing that can sometimes happen for fours with regards to, um, just the practical elements being harder is that sometimes fours, um, want it to be extraordinary and some things are just pretty ordinary. Um, you know, when there are things that like you're teaching to the test or we just have to learn how to do this to because this is like a fundamental thing. And um, if we can either teach it in 30 minutes or I can make it really fun and we'll teach it in three sections. Right. 
Um, some of those things, like, yes, maybe they needed it because they weren't going to understand it in 30 minutes, but maybe they would have understand it. It would have just been a pretty boring 30 minutes. Um, and so in those spaces, uh, being curious about, am I teaching it this way, especially if it's like a length of time um, or, you know, extra resources that it's all these hours that you're spending in the evening to like cut out stuff or whatever. Um, is it that I'm trying to avoid this being ordinary because I really want it to be extraordinary or do they really need this? Like, do they need this to learn this well? Um, how does that sound as I offer that to you? Yeah, that sounds great. Like it really does. Um, cause you can get at, like, as a teacher, you can get really absorbed into the, oh, is this going to look good? Like if admin walks in or, oh, is, is this going to look like I could post it? a lot of times that keeps you from really focusing on what's important. And that's what the students are, um, absorbing information and, um, they're feeling loved and educated, you know? And so, um, doing things the hard way isn't always. <laughs> the best way for you or for your students. <laughs> I really like that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and sometimes too, if it feels like it's really hard to let go of this fabulous idea that you have for a bulletin board or to teach something, um, sometimes you just make a list of those, right? You can just have these lists of, okay, so next year when I come back to this, you know, this section of the curriculum, I'm going to do this instead if I have more time, right? Um, rather than trying to do every, you know, big idea, because those things are fun too, right? That's, that's part of what makes you an extraordinary teacher. Um, it's not that you don't want any of that, that you want everything to be, you know, black and white bulletin boards and, and just, you know, simple things. Um, you want that to be part of it, but then also finding um, spaces where, you know, you can write that down in your your list of ideas for the next year. And then when you get back around to that that curriculum, you can look at what your ideas were that you didn't do. And maybe you'll have more time to do it because, you know, it's not in your first couple of years. It's it's however long down the road and, and you want to spice things up or make them better, whatever it is. <laughs> so, yeah. 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 That's really cool. Um, but also, like, teaching is a very, like, growth oriented occupation and I really like that because you're always like looking for ways to do things better and you're always looking at least like good teachers are you know like they're like looking for ways to improve and grow right alongside their students and I really like that aspect of my job so being um like keeping records of ideas I might try later I really like that as a tangible thing that I can do yeah for sure I love that thank you so much Abby Hey, Enneagram friend. I'm so thankful for your curiosity and listening to this Enneagram coaching session. Although participants can learn a lot in just a brief coaching session like this, the transformational work really comes in a weekly coaching engagement with their certified Enneagram practitioner. If you feel stuck, discouraged, or overwhelmed by an aspect of your type, or maybe just a situation that you're trying to navigate, schedule a free discovery call with me at abbyrodriguez.com backslash coaching and see how coaching can help support you in your everyday life.